Movie Hour, episode 75, March 18, 2010. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain swearing and or movie plot. Welcome all to the Sean William Scott Ready or Not Movie Hour. I am Greg Maloney, the host of our illustrious little show today, and to joining me tonight are James and Jeff. Good evening, gentlemen. How's it going? Very, hey. well. Very well. I had Subway today. It's nice. Hey, me too. Not together, but... Yeah, you always have Subway. It's a yeah. special, it's a rare treat for, for Greg Maloney. But you have for... like twice or three times a week. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Don't don't act it's, like you know my. It's five dollar any foot long month right yeah. now. Yeah, which is there's fantastic. no reason not to go to Subway. If this weren't the movie hour, it could easily be the Subway hour because. Uh... Can we can we discuss um, real quick what kind of sub you like to get when it's when it? When it... No, no, we can't. We can't. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about something just as important, though. Uh, this is actually. Uh, uh, this, I'm stealing the the wag of my finger, uh, Stephen Colbert, on this. Uh, to all the naysayers out there that uh, mock my wow, thank you. Intern just came. <laughs> intern just came to me with a a cold butt ice. Wow, this is gonna be special <laughs> they night. still sell that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I didn't know either. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a fun night. Anyhow, ask him if he's got any bud dry in that fridge. <laughs> Any, any any red dog coming? Any Pepsi Crystal? Is that what? You're <laughs> uh, but yeah, to all the naysayers out there that doubted me for keeping my car clock at daylight savings time for the past six months or whatever it is, it's finally paid off again, as it always does. Greg, I only doubted you for the first four months. <laughs> After that, <laughs> I will never change my clock. It will forever be on daylight savings time because there is no other time. Than daylight well, you're conforming time. now. Why don't you just switch it again? Always be the opposite. Hmm. You make a good point. Wow, Why wait for six months? Get the get head start. Set it now. You're an asshole. You're a dick. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that, Jeff. We'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted, wanted to say that. Also, I would just like to say a general shout-out to all our listeners, posters, friends, family. And all Irishmen. And... <laughs> An Amishman? Did you say Irishman? Oh, since you know it's going to be St. Patty's Day here in a day. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And uh, actually, yeah, to get to to get to the the bulk of it, we are not doing a Limerick episode today. I'm sorry, everyone. We talked about it, but we could not interrupt March Madness movie matchup month with for it. But maybe maybe you'll get a surprise. I don't know. Maybe we'll do one for Memorial Day because we all know that dead soldiers love. Limericks. Or we could know. do it in memoriam of the Limerick Day episode. There you go. I don't know. Don't know what I'm saying. Anyhow, that's fine. It's time to move on. It's done. It's a closed chapter. And it is uh, time for our Holly, Holly Hunter's Hollywood Hoopla. I always trip on that one. I'm going to get it right one of these times. And uh, the first topic... Yeah, eventually. Uh, the first topic is, as everyone knows... I Jason's... saw a Holly Hunter movie today. Sorry. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's not true. <laughs> as everyone knows, Jason Siegel is helping write and produce the next Muppet movie. Yay! Now he's decided to star in it as one of the few live roles in the film, because why not? I hope everyone's ready for nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you did point out that he likes uh, he likes showing showing the his junk. only other writing credit is for getting Sarah Marshall, where he That's was right. the lead. There were Muppets, and he was nude. So mm-hmm. I 
pretty sure he's got to be nude in this one too. Your logic is bulletproof. <laughs> it is. Oh man, it's better than Muppet nudity. That's that's for sure, right? Right, guys? No, I don't know. <laughs> Muppet nudity on its own might be okay, but like a human nudity, like with Muppets, could be kind of bad. Yeah, we'll see. It. it I don't know. Regardless, if anyone knows a website where I might be able to see that, please post it to <laughs> www.gungapit.com. Oh, nudity's funny. Next topic, which isn't as funny. Actor Peter, it's not funny at all. Actor Peter Graves died this week at age 83. Sad face. R.I.P. Clarence Over. Yeah, I uh, actually heard about that on uh, NPR. They actually they were telling a couple of stories that were kind of cool. Uh, they. Sh- played some old interview footage of him and he was talking about how he didn't want to do the role from airplane yeah his character likes little boys in it. <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny that he was all concerned about this in this outrageous comedy see i just thought he was just wacko i didn't know that we were it was supposed to imply that he liked little boys i just thought he liked the attention making jokes about being in homosexual prisons and stuff and then and was... asking the kid if he'd ever been in a Turkish prison, you or are gymnasium, so naive. or a grown man <laughs> naked. How do you live in your world? Well, apparently he died on um, of like a heart attack uh, immediately following his birthday brunch. Really? Apparently he had the fish. <laughs> yeah, no word on whether he had the fish or the steak. Yeah, there's there are a lot of jokes to be made, but uh, yeah, Peter Graves, R.I.P. Man, we're gonna add, we're gonna add you to our wall when we get one. You're gonna you're gonna be on the wall. So you will not be forgotten, and you'll be on the internet forever. So that that's also a bonus. Now, on the other hand, we have another death in uh, the celebrity world. This one being 80 star Corey Haim died this week at age 38, which is sort of weird. We've got 38, 83, 38. Uh, and his weird. death was uh, drug-related, but I think it ended up being something about, like, wrong prescription or something, a little mix-up in the in, – uh, the pharmacy? I don't know. Yeah, we'll find, we'll if I could here, I'd, I'd like to say a few words for Corey here. Um, once there was a boy named Corey who knew a boy named Corey. <laughs> Together, they found fame, even though Haim was lame. And that's the end of his story. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cut that out. There was... <laughs> there was um, it's the best I can do on short notice. <laughs> no, that was fantastic, Jim. Uh, yeah. I was hoping for a license to drive joke in there somewhere. <laughs> but I think it would have been better if instead of going with the normal rhyming scheme at the end, you would go with, and now he's fucking dead. That might have <laughs> been better. That, that, that could have been, yeah. He's uh, another example of one of those just teenage kids that just couldn't deal with the, the pressure of fame. The pressure of fame. Although he did bounce back, but then he, then he died. But sorry, sorry. What, what got him? He ended up dying from what was first stated to be a drug overdose to now I believe the story is he was on a prescription for like a flu, but with his other prescription, it killed him. So like there was a misprescription thing where two oh, things no. two things hit at the same time and boom. So drugs. I had no idea that – oh, whatever. Okay. Anyways. I, I, I feel bad. That's way too young for anybody to die, even a child star. It's true. It's true. Well, we we end on a, a lighter note. A lighter note for the uh, Holly Hunters Hollywood Hoopla. Robert Riguez's latest pre- project, Predators, has released some behind the scenes look at, at the new film. You can find it at their uh, the Predators website. I'll make sure to put up the link on uh, gungapit.com. Uh, with Lawrence Fishburne and Adrian Brody in the jungle with guns, 
and like fifty predators. This might uh, this movie might have a chance. I think it's being uh, released on July seventh of this year. I didn't realize that they were so far along. They were saying that they're rap shooting and all that. I thought it was still like a right. in pre production type thing. Oh, dude, Robert, you guys get shit done. I know. Boom. He's I'm got a lot of stuff on his plate. I'm impressed he got Fishburne and Brody to do it. Just seems dude, what's like Fishburne that. doing? He's on yeah, Fishburne. It's just, you know, this is, I don't know, the Predators seem to have gone the way, like, the Saw movies. It's just, I don't know, it doesn't seem like anyone's in them anymore. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Never say Except that. Except for Lance Hagen. Hopefully he's in them. But, you know, right. he's more of the alien connection. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I think it's going to be, it'll be uh, entertaining. To say the least, people are gonna die to predators. Like you, pretty much got that. The, and did you guys watch that the the behind the scenes thing I linked? I yes, I like that they used yeah. some of the sound effects from the original. Yeah, what I actually wanted to point out was just how R- Rodriguez is like. You know what? We don't have Arnie. You can't compete with Arnie. So we went the other way. Like, <laughs> and then they yeah. play sound clips from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, but yeah, something something to keep on the radar, people. Predators might be sort of interesting. If you're a Robert Rodriguez fan, you, you might like it. You might like it. Uh, but yeah, that does it for the Hollywood Hunt or Hollywood Hoopla, I was about to call it, which is the High Hunters Hollywood Hoopla, which moves us to the movie reviews. And I would like to start with, uh, I don't have one, but the good news is Jim has one, so Jim can start. Uh, yeah, I ended up seeing the movie The Visitor from 2008, uh, directed by Thomas McCarthy, who also <laughs> directed The Station Agent. And we'll nice. be... Uh, directing the TV version of the Game of Thrones that uh, I know really that couple, I did not yeah, a couple people are interested in that so kind of, uh, kind the, of a the, weird this switch was with uh, Richard Jenkins right correct yeah Jenkins yep okay. Jenkins yeah yep. idiot um yeah so yeah, um, you know who that is <laughs> it's the guy from Burn After Reading back off yeah which one huh <laughs> the guy that gets tomahawked in the head by our boy Malcolm yeah, the gym yeah which one he? But uh, anyway, he plays a uh, lonely, widowed college professor uh, in the state of Connecticut in this movie. And uh, what happens is he ends up having to go to New York to attend a conference. And he ends up – he actually has an apartment there that he's had for, I don't know, 15, 20 years or something, he said. And when he gets there to kind of – you know, stay for the week or the weekend or whatever. There's actually people in his apartment. Uh, it ter- turns out there's a young couple, a uh, couple of illegal Im- Im- immigrants that were kind of like, I don't know, bamboozled into thinking that it was okay for them to sit there or th- stay there through a friend who is, you know, renting it to them. So he starts to force him out, but then he second guesses himself and invites him to stay until they can kind of figure things out. And him being the, the lonely widower type, he's been, you know, just kind of to himself, not really, you know, been around people all that much in a long time. And he's starting to kind of come alive with, you know, hanging out with these new people. Um, one of the guys is a musician and he's kind of a struggling learning musician. So he kind of gets into that. And the rest of the movie is basically how this whole event changes his life. And he starts to, you know, begin to feel a little alive again. Uh, it's a good little movie. And like you said, Richard Jenkins is in it as the lead role. Uh, he got a, an Oscar nom for this, uh, for best lead actor. Uh, not sure if I was real impressed with the role he was i mean he was good uh kind of acted very uneasy I'm not sure if that was on purpose or just because you know he didn't know how to handle the role um but it's <laughs> the movie itself is i mean it's pretty good it, it was a character driven drama so if you like that type it, this it's a pretty good one no seal for me but uh, a nice little movie 
why did you even watch this movie anyways? Was this another Netflix Q one or what? Uh, actually, I remember him why being... Why did you even watch any movies? Why do you watch these Seriously, movies? Him? Why do you, uh, yeah, what the hell is wrong with you? Going out and watching non-shitty 80, 80s movies, trying to <laughs> pass it on to people? I don't even understand the point. What's the point, Jim? Uh, this one was actually from an Oscar nomination from last year. I remember him getting nominated, and I saw it in one of the Netflix uh, recommendations. So decided oh. to pick it up, give it a try. The computer told you to, again. Yeah, basically. Jim, you can't listen to the computers. You can't. <laughs> you know that there, there are about 100 really shitty 80s movies you could have watched instead. I know. My brother's been kind of Like The Last Dragon. Like I'm curious. Last... I'm looking for a second opinion on The Last Dragon, so if anybody wants to step You're up. You're the, the only one. You're the only one that's an in-depth discussion on it. Right, right. So you said you were... Uh, Withholding the stamp. Yeah, no stamp, but it was a good little movie if you if you're looking for something to watch. If you're a Richard Jenkins fan, mm, yeah, not necessary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, back to the Game of Thrones. Sort of uh, can't wait for that series. Definitely um, a change of pace based off of this movie and the Station Agent. This yeah, felt more like the Station definitely. Agent than I would you know. Right, a lot of right. Other movies. You know, though, I mean, honestly, I think the thing about the Game of Thrones that separates it from, I mean, that's the only thing I would say in that genre that I've ever enjoyed reading. And um, the thing that separates it is that it actually is a character-driven drama. It's True. not, I mean, and that's, uh, I, so war, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, I, like, I don't and know. It is I, about war, but it's the characters. It's, it's uh, Yeah, the, you, haven't read, you haven't read that series, James, have you? Yet? Nope. Yet, because you're going to. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I out of all the, the books that I haven't read, this one's been recommended to me the most, right. I think. Sean Bean, dude. Sean Bean. He's going to play Eddard, and he's going to kick some ass. Along those lines, I actually sort of have um, a little bit of a review. Okay. Interesting. Um, you don't have a movie review like myself. No, I well, I have I have a review for a movie that I have not seen. Um, a movie came out starring Viggo Mortensen and. Um, oh, you read this book? Bullshit. Yeah. No. Um, and uh, it was not too long ago that it came out. The don't road. go see this movie. Yeah, yeah. Do not go see this movie. Read the book. It's one of the best books I've read, and I read quite—I mean, quite a few books. You guys, you guys have seen me. I read. Um, this is that. an amazing. Uh, Cormac McCarthy, the guy that wrote um, No Country for Old Men, uh, Blood Meridians, one of his other famous ones. Um, th- this is my first uh, foray into his stuff, and I was just absolutely blown away by the book. Um, I, or by, yeah, I cannot imagine that the movie does it any justice, just because it, part part of the. It just because because it's not it's not a book that seems like it would transfer that well to, to film. Maybe they did a pretty good job with it, but I haven't heard anything good about it. Don't read the or don't watch the movie. Please read the book. It's an easy read. Um, nothing difficult about it at all. It's phenomenal. It's uh, yeah. So if you have any interest whatsoever in reading, read that book. Uh, Jeff, you do realize that a lot of movies are based on novels. Are you saying that all the novels are better than the movies? Um, with almost zero exceptions, I would actually make that claim. Um, but that having been said, this one in particular is one that, I mean, I don't know, I'll probably see the movie just to see what they did, but some, some books you read and you can kind of picture the cinematic elements and, and stuff. This book is not like that. It, it, it really, a, a movie could not probably, in my opinion, probably could not capture the spirit of that book. Did you see mm-hmm. the trailer at all or no? No, no. The trailer makes it look kind of creepy with some of the people it, they run into. It's very creepy. Okay. It's it's an it's um it's the most um 
chillingly, uh, I mean, you can't say accurate, but it's seemingly realistic uh, apocalypse story. It's not like zombie apocalypse or like anything like that. It's or you know, it's it's just it's it's desolate, awful, horrible. Everybody's starving apocalypse, and it's it's absolutely uh, chilling. It's just it's 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 uh, it's it's an amazing amazing book. Weird, weird. Now you, now you got me creeped out about got me creeped out about the zombie apocalypse again. I swore off <laughs> preparing for it, and now I might have to go buy some stuff, and I'll be right back. Uh, right, right. Cool. Well, uh, I'm happy we have a book review and a movie review. Too bad I don't have like. A Sorry, I won't do that that often. Too bad I don't have a music review. Uh, that would be sort of cool. You could. I mean, yeah. whatever. Maybe next get, time. Go get the new uh, the XX's album. It's pretty good. The XX, the two, just two. You X's. should have there reviewed the Bodyguard Oops. soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an '80s movie. I would have rather done an '80s movie it's close. soundtrack. Uh, right. So, <laughs> moving on to our uh, our, our feature feature of the month. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have the March Madness movie matchup month. Speaking of, I believe March Madness starts this Thursday. Thursday for actual sports fans, which I haven't been keeping up on sports at all this year. They so. still exist. Um, yeah, they're still out there making their millions. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we are continuing with our March Madness movie matchup. We've been, we're have been we in week three. This is our third bracket we're going through. And our topic for March Madness movie matchup month are, or is father figures. Excuse me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cough here. Uh, so these are father figures. These are characters that are more of the mentoring type, not actual fathers. And I would like to uh, throw a shout-out to everybody that uh, mentioned some ideas on the boards. We had put a post up looking for ideas for our bracket, and a lot of people did actually post actual fathers, and we were looking more for, like, the father figure slash mentor type. But Some we, really good posts. Re- yeah, some really good thought-out posts, and a lot of them we just aren't going to be able to use, but some of them are did make it in, and we just want to thank everybody for that. That was awesome. You guys are the best. Man. Uh, yeah, we, you got you, you went the extra mile, and we're, and we're happy. We're happy. Anyhow, so our March Madness movie match a month, father figures, and here is the field. We have number one, Mr. Miyagi, being uh, I guess we'll just go through that. Mr. Miyagi, number eight, Master Splinter, seed three, Professor X. I'm doing this the wrong way. Let's do one Miyagi, two Ben Kenobi, three Professor X. Four, Dumbledore. Five, Gandalf. Six, Alfred, as in the butler from Batman series. Seven, John Keating from Dead Poets Society. And eight, Master Splinter, a.k.a. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles awesomeness. So, father figures, we have our, the way this is going to work is every character is going to be represented by one of us. Uh, we have sort of uh, drawn straws, if you will, uh, to figure out who gets who. And between those two, we'll have the third, the one left out, being uh, being Judicator, deciding who moves on to the next round. So, uh, begin as all brackets do, we have the high seed versus the low seed. We have Mr. Miyagi, seed one, versus Master Splinter, seed two, or seed eight. Uh, Master Splinter represented by Jeff. Miyagi represented by Jim. And Jeff being the lower seed, Jeff, you can... Uh, you can start us off this this time. Yeah. All right. Master Splinter. The master of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right. So the rest... <laughs> Good the start. Rest, 
the rest of these guys, well, in case you didn't know, uh, the rest of these guys are father figures to some sort of at least human-like thing. Um, so I feel like, you know, trying to round up four turtles and get them all facing the same way and doing the same thing. I mean, have you ever tried to round up four turtles and get them to do anything? Probably haven't even tried, because it seems like a waste of time, doesn't it? Let alone teenage turtles. Let alone teenage mutant turtles. Let, now let's think about trying to do it with teenage mutant ninja turtles, okay? So how is he, how is he a, a father figure to the turtles? I'm just saying he was a, he, because they didn't have anybody to, to, to help them, to give them an example, to teach them to be ninjas and to, to, uh, to really harness their powers for good and, and, uh, and show, them, show them the righteous path. That's what a, that's what a father figure does. Uh, helps and, and, and provides for. And, I mean, who, who do you think showed them the, their home in the sewer? Who knows the sewer better than a right? rat? Yeah, a rat. <laughs> So, I you know I think that just the fact that he was able to round up four turtles, teenage mutant ninja turtles, and get them all to fight pretty successfully for the forces of good. Uh, yeah, I, great father figure. Interesting, interesting. Well, much like uh, Master Splinter, uh, I am representing Mr. Miyagi, also a a master of the martial arts. And uh, for those of you who don't know, he played the father figure to the karate kid um and the, the story starts off with you know the karate kid and his mom coming to a new town getting picked on by kids and who comes to his rescue mr miyagi he takes him under his wing because he has no other male person in his life to you know guide him through these tough times so mr miyagi decides to train him and while he's training him he does something very fatherly he makes him do chores and through these chores, <laughs> <laughs> through these chores, he becomes a master of his craft. And even though at the very end of the movie, they play the "You're the best around," we all know that Danielson deserves it. But it's really for Mr. Miyagi. He is the best around. <laughs> <laughs> all right, interesting, interesting. Hmm. Now, Mr. Miyagi. All right, never mind. I'm not gonna not gonna create create your uh, argument for you. Very good arguments. Um, I did really like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle argument because I've I've never tried to get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to do. It's things. almost impossible. But yeah, uh, I can see that. I can see that. But training, you know, both of them did their fair amount of training. But Mr. Miyagi had had the heart. I don't think rats have hearts. So. Uh, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> Yes, they do. Uh, I want to see some empirical evidence that rats have heart. Okay, uh, also I'll give you some empirical evidence. There, there was once a rat that lived in the ca- in a cage in the um and in, in in the house of a of a karate master. He watched the karate ma- even though he was just a rat. He watched the karate master uh, as he practiced his moves and himself became a rat karate master, not having any idea whether or not he'd even get out of that cage. Eventually, some ooze was dripped on him or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. hey, but how much how much heart does it take to to learn karate if you're a rat? That's great. That's fantastic, uh, Master Splinter. I'm sorry, but you've lost the match to Mr. Miyagi, and uh, the arb- and uh, the, his representing Jim. Well, uh, you know what? 
you know what? Master Splinter's in good company because so did Cobra Kai, and that guy was sweet. <laughs> uh, also, I do want to mention uh, just uh, an honorable an honorable mention to Mickey from. Uh, Ram- I was about to call it Rambo again. Oh my god, that's so great. Rambo, you win. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it's all about putting him in. You just, know that movie with the Baldwin brothers. <laughs> he barely did. Make that. But uh, yeah, Mickey would have been a good choice too. So all the people thinking, what about Mickey? We were thinking about it. He just, sorry, didn't make it. Uh, moving on, uh, Mr. Miyagi makes it to the second round. Next fight, we have Professor X C three, represented by Greg and Alfred. Represented by Jim, and uh, Jim's the lower seed, so he will begin. Jeff will be uh, arbitrating. Bruce Wayne, the Batman, one of the most famous figures in all of entertainment. Orphaned as a boy, and who was his father? Alfred the Butler. He was his father for the rest of his life. At that point, lived with him, took care of him, gave him advice. You know, staying out too late. You know, shouldn't do that. Oh, you know, you have girl problems, come talk to me. You know, I'll tell you all about your problems with Vicky Vale. <laughs> um, I don't remember him saying that, by the way, uh, for the record. I don't... <laughs> Greg, shut up. Jim's talking about Alfred, and I'm tearing up a little bit. He takes care of him, does his chores for him, makes sure, you know, his cars are ready for him. Even drives him around every once in a while like a, a good dad should. And that's why I think Alfred is... Not only deserves to be nominated, but I think he should be one of the front runners in this this bracket. Jim, you stole my heart. You win. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Let me at least put out a put out an argument here. Put out an argument. So, uh, Jim saying that Alfred's the father of of Bruce Wayne. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that's one person. It's better than fine. It's better. It's better than fine. <laughs> so he becomes the father slash mentor for Bruce Wayne. How about Professor X? By the way, Patrick Stewart, he's awesome. Uh, Professor X, not only the father to one person, but how about the father to 300 or so gifted youngsters that not only he takes under his wing, but he teaches them to use this power, their powers for good. Now, if Alfred took Bruce Wayne and the Riddler and made them you know, try to fight for good, that would have been cool. But Professor X is taking tons of mutants, tons of people under his wing, and saying, hey, we can be good, even though all these people around us, they don't like us very much. And there's other people like us that are also not very nice. But Professor X persuades people, teaches them the right path, and shows all these teenage people, a lot of them are teenagers, I guess, and at least started there, at his uh, School for Gifted Youngsters, which, by the way, I don't think uh, Alfred had a school. So that, that's another bonus. But uh Turned his uh turned which uh, turned all these kids into uh, later X Men, which were uh, fighting for good. And Professor X, being a very endearing character, uh, had a had, didn't have the best role in the movies, I'd say. Professor, but Patrick Stewart was fantastic. Anyhow, we all uh, know that Professor X was in it for the tuition money. <laughs> could have been could that, have been. and we have no evidence that says otherwise. He could have been mentally forcing all the kids to be there. Hmm. Well, the absence of uh, evidence is not evidence. <laughs> uh, I, um, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at both of these. Um, Alfred the Butler, Jim put up an excellent case for him. I wasn't so sure about it, but Jim did. I mean, yeah, Jim did a great job. Great job. Um, without even mentioning that the guy that played Alfred in the uh, um, the older Tim Burton 
style uh, movies was also in Top Secret, which is yeah. <laughs> no bearing whatsoever, but all. <laughs> um, Professor X, on the other hand, uh, Greg makes a good point. Uh, quality and quantity. Um, you know, the thing is, the father figure, not a lot of fathers with 300 kids, unless you're counting, like, Tiger Woods or uh, Sean Kemp or something. Um, <laughs> Sean Kemp would be pissed if he heard that, by the way. <laughs> bring it, Sean Kemp. That's... Bring it. Can't be that pissed. He's my dad. Um, so, so uh, all right. So, by the way, I don't know. I don't know how Wilt the Still Chamberlain did get mentioned, but that's okay. Continue. <laughs> yeah, Wilt the Still Chamberlain and Fidel Castro. Great. Uh, <laughs> and Professor X for that reason. Perfect. <laughs> Professor X wins. Yay. Oh, awesome. I'm oh. sorry, Jim. God, I, got, I don't even know why I picked Professor X. <laughs> no one does. You got <laughs> buyer's remorse. Jim, you win the next one. All right. uh, I have the possession arrow. Great. Jim's not in the next one. All right. So now, uh, Professor X moves on to round two. We have the next fight between Ben Kenobi, represented by Jeff. And John Keating, represented by myself, with uh, Jim playing arbitrator. Now, Ben Ben is uh, the second seed, and John is the seventh. And we'll have to point that out, so I hope there isn't any uh, stereotyping on how good John Keating is, because he's obviously... He got in the tournament based on his progress through the season, and he deserves to be here. Now, <clears throat> John Keating, uh, as we all know, is from the movie Dead Poets Society, which is actually based on a true story. I uh, I don't think there's a Star Wars true, sto- true, true story out there, but... Oh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, right. But uh, John Keating, represented by Robin Williams, it, it plays a teacher at a private school that ends up coming in and looks at the traditions that are involved in this school and says, Poppycock, this is not the right way, the moral way to do this for the kids. And he takes pretty much all the heat on himself, all the pressure from the administration, and takes this group of kids, which I think was some literature, uh, literature class. I don't, I don't think it was an English class. I think it was literature. I don't know. Uh, anyways, takes these kids and says, you know what? Now's the time to take advantage of life. You're alive. Be happy. Just chill and do whatever you want to do. It's cool. And not many, not many people have the ability to do so. Now, Robin Williams' character, John Keating, in that in that movie, took a lot of heat. And eventually, the kids going through what they wanted to do and realizing the potential, there was some tragedies involved. And he had to take even more heat from other people's so-called parents that didn't understand their own kids. And he eventually uh, paid the ultimate price with uh, getting fired. But. Um, he was he was happy about his kids and he was uh, was proud to see them grow up. Oh, I'm, are you are you done? I was really really bored. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Kenobi. Well, um, I you know what? I'm not even gonna bust out the big dogs for this one. John Keating, great. Yeah, fine. Obi Wan Kenobi um, helped through throughout three of, of the or, I'm sorry more than that but he was really a mentor throughout five I'd say of the uh, of the most iconic movies of our time um, the mentor really and um, and mentored 
Luke, who who also had no no father that he knew of. In fact, when he met his father, he needed mentoring more than anything, um, more more than before even. Mentored him, taught him taught him the, the skills to not only survive but save the universe, well the galaxy really. Um, but the, you know this from uh, from evil and tyranny taught taught him uh, from from Jump Street taught him how to, how to. <laughs> On his blaster and and use a lightsaber. Taught him everything he knows. Taught him and then instead instead of uh, using the, the the computer to target, which which had failed before. Uh, Red six, if you remember, I believe it was. Uh, no, it wasn't Red six. Red Red one uh, blasted the thing and it impacted on impact. Did not go down the chute. However, Luke was able to pop it down the chute. Why? Because his father figure. Spoke the truth to him. Use the force, Luke. Use the force. Now, no matter who wins, I just want to say that both of these people did inspire their so-called children to do what they really wanted to do. Even though Luke's uh, family pretty much got slaughtered by uh, stormtroopers, he still got to go out and join the rebellion and fight for good. And all the kids in John Kenyon's classroom, like, for instance, I don't remember his name, but the guy that's in the house now uh, totally ended up trying out for that play, even though his parents didn't want him to. And he did what he thought was right. And that's yeah, it's sort of the same. Save the universe, uh, try out for a play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I do love me some John King, but I have to go with Kenobi. I mean, saving the, the galaxy is, is pretty cool to you know have your kid do. He's, hmm. I could see him, you know, being a little too rowdy at the soccer game, so it's a good thing that he was had a bigger, <laughs> this... a, a bigger you know, grander scale than mine for, for his Use kid. the force. <laughs> Cut that guy's head off. <laughs> this choice of yours wouldn't be uh, anything related to our last week's uh, episode where you were representing Luke Skywalker. No, right? not at all. No, definitely okay. not. Just want to point out that uh, conflict of interest. We're, we're all capable of being impartial. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben Kenobi moves on. We move to uh, our last our last set of the first round. This is going to be epic. Dumbledore, rank four, represented by Jeff. And we've got Gandalf, rank five, represented by Jim. Magicians. Duke it out. Duke it out. Jim, you start first. All right. I've got the ever-popular Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, very wise guy. Um counseled many people his his, uh, his main pupil though has got to be Frodo the the bearer of the ring the person that has to go through the most personal turmoil there was um, got him you know pushed him in the right direction so he could achieve his goal to saving all the land by getting rid of the ring um, what can I say about Gandalf everyone loved him kids enjoyed his fireworks came into town and you know spread his glee every time um, when people got out of line they scolded you know, he he had to scold people when they got out of line. Uh, Mary knocked something over, he yelled at them. You know, behave back there type of stuff. So, I mean, that right there just speaks of fatherhood. Um, but I think one of his biggest uh, arguments or biggest, you know, reasons of why he should be here is that he sacrificed himself for his group, his his fellowship. And he sacrificed himself to the, the Balrog to save everybody. Only a little. Uh, minus one points for not referring to the ring as the one ring. But uh, uh, good point. Good point. That could have been any ring I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> it would have been plus three if you had gone through the one ring. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Dumbledore, uh, pretty much the exact same guy. Um, so. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
Which, which is why they're four and five seed. Yeah, yeah no, only one of these could go on. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, beard, hat, uh, dead. Um, let's see, uh, Harry Potter, Voldemort, Ron Weasley. Harry Potter doesn't have a dad, or and his uncle's a dick. Versus uh, Frodo's uncle's a pretty cool dude. So, you know. Um, I'd say that's where they that's where they differ right there with the uncles. That's where they, they... <laughs> <laughs> the uncles the clincher. Yeah, I think the big difference is you know Dumbledore is a schoolmaster who pretty much you know neglected everybody else at school. You didn't see you know Ron Weasley or Hermione like having tea with Dumbledore. He he, he stuck with you know, you Harry make, Potter the whole time. And you you make an amazing point. Um, because uh, because yeah, he he really. He was only a father figure. <laughs> I'm just uh, completely undermining my own point here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, honestly, if he had been a good father figure and a good, like, to, he would have he would have been a little more egalitarian with it and probably helped Draco Malfoy become less of a psychopathic young man. Like, and you know, really, you can't just pick the students you like and and help them out. You need to really help the ones that are struggling. <laughs> All but right. you know that's what fathers do. They, they, <laughs> they, they pick their pick their favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at you guys. Right, uh, right. Oh man, hmm. Such a inspiring story, Jeff. Oh, <clears throat> let's see. Man, I really thought Dumbledore was going to walk away with this, but I think uh, lack of representation. Gandalf gets the win. <laughs> appeals um, court. Appeals court. Yay! Default. <laughs> So uh, that puts our first upset. Gandalf moves to this, the next round, and uh, we have uh, uh, well done, James. Well done, James. Which uh, now we are officially in the second round. We have Miyagi, seed one, and Professor X, seed three, going at uh, Miyagi, represented by Jim, Professor X, represented by myself. Now uh, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. Now we are both masters of the mind, Miyagi and Professor X. Now, I believe Miyagi has the use of his legs. Professor X does not. So that's sort of a, a bonus on my side. But really, again, when you take Miyagi, who picks one student, one, one person, down on his luck, just because one kid, one kid could you know, sort of push him around. When you've got Professor X going around pretty much the entire world looking for people that have just that special thing, that special extra chromosome that makes them have an ability that's actually not only dangerous to other people, but dangerous to themselves and takes them out of society and teaches them how to use it in pretty much an effort to help society and help humans. You know, it just I, doesn't seem that realistic. <laughs> X-Men thing. The whole X-Men thing. Yeah, well, uh, nobody thought the Karate Kid remake was going to be very realistic either, but it came back, didn't it? Jim, I'm going to tell you right now if you if you can if you can hinge your argument about how X Men are just not realistic, I'm going to give this to. Actually, I'm going a different way for this. Completely changing the rule. Yes, Professor X is a racist. Whoa! <laughs> you don't see him helping out, you know, human people. No, what no. What are you talking about? That's what he was doing the whole time. No, no. He he only takes in the mutants. He doesn't take in anybody else. They have to be have a certain genetic code for him to be allowed in the, his school. Mr. Miyagi, he he yeah, he only did the the one kid, is that right? No, no, wait, that's that's not right. 
he ends up uh, expanding <laughs> oh, his, his horizons and uh, taking on. Uh, yeah, I think he crossed the sexual boundary and went to a female student. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. <laughs> he molded Miyagi. her into an Oscar winner. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't. Was that a karate? Is that the third one? Is that a reference to the third one? Fourth. 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 The third one. The, no, fourth one. The next oh. karate. <laughs> god. That's fantastic. I'm, uh. Wow. You know, Jim, Jim wins this one, uh, not just because I feel that I owed him one. That was part of it. But, um, <laughs> because, uh, it's just absolutely taking it on its merits versus it really pitting him up against the weakness of the other one. That's, that's how you do it. Nice job. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. So. That moves us. That moves Miyagi to the the final round, and now we have to finish our second round. Ben Kenobi, represented by Jeff, and Gandalf, represented by Jim. Jim, start. Ah, yes. Uh, all right. So Gandalf. Um, yeah. Uh, What's your second round ammo? Yeah, exactly. Um, my second round ammo is, and then. I'm just never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the trophy goes to Gandalf. He Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He definitely uh, um, paid his dues yeah. in the fatherhood realm because when he uh, sacrifices himself to the Balrog, he comes back and still has to take care of everybody in round two. And then not only does he take care of Frodo, but he takes other people under his wing at different times. Uh, like Pippin, who is the biggest troublemaker. He singles him out at, towards the end. He takes him with him. He's going to teach him a lesson. Responsibility. Takes him to the White <laughs> Tower. He's <laughs> like, all right, buddy. You're done screwing around. Come here and and work. So he, Are you he's done kind making of a... up the plot to the Lord of the Rings? Or... <laughs> no, that's the true theme of it. You didn't know this? <laughs> he does it to teach him a lesson? Yes, yes. For messing around with the the all eye seeing rock thing. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, you say you say that Gandalf sacrificed himself. Yes. Usually, when you think about somebody sacrificing themselves, um, they die, and they don't get stronger and get to come back and have a riot in the second and third movie. <laughs> he didn't know he was um, going to come back, but at the time, yeah, it was a sacrifice. Was... Uh, Jeff, I think uh, in the book he actually dies, so um, <laughs> yeah, he comes back as Gandalf the White. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So, like, if Obi Wan Kenobi had gotten cut down by Darth Vader, as we all remember, in a very dramatic scene uh, on purpose, by the way, yes, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, um, uh, and come back as Uber Obi Wan Kenobi, who was twice as tall and had a bigger <laughs> lightsaber, I wouldn't have called it a sacrifice. I mean, I, I, I don't, it's, I don't think you can really hinge anything on Gandalf's quote-unquote sacrifice. And I mean, you have no idea. As long as we're making up plot points, how hard it is when you're dead, after you're dead, to use the Force to astral project yourself on a planet as cold as Hoth, just to tell Luke to. I mean, forget about it. <laughs> Well, you know, it must be you know a lot easier the second time around because when you take someone under your wing and like try and teach him and screw him up so he becomes the the worst villain of all time, then yeah, the second round is usually a little easier. 
you know, again, I think I think that if we want to, if we want to go around screwing with plots, that's great. But uh, Obi Wan did everything in his power. Really, it was Qui Gon Jinn's fault. He should have just listened to Yoda when he uh, in that first horrible movie told him. And uh, Obi Wan did everything he could. In fact, he even went to a planet that was made of lava to try and stop him. Hmm. Would you go to a planet? I wouldn't go to a planet made of lava for you guys, even if they're. I, there's no reason. No reason to go to a planet made of lava. Doesn't matter. I don't care what's going on there. He went to that planet to try and help. He. I, so, I mean, honestly, I think maybe that, that helps his case. Double father figure. Jeff cites the news saga. Interesting. Interesting. Jim brought it up first. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how you're going to weigh that. Yes. <laughs> it might be <laughs> yeah. Jim's fault, but it might be, right. Right. It might be all Jeff's idea. <laughs> Very interesting, very interesting. Now, unfortunately, speaking of that, we have not seen The Hobbit yet, which will be a fantastic Gandalf movie. A fantastic Gandalf movie. I saw the cartoon one. Right, right. Well, I'm going to have to side with uh, the Force on this one, with Ben Kenobi moving on. Now, but I had so much great arguments. Much <laughs> <laughs> great arguments. Oh, right, right. So, Ben, ben Kenobi, moving on. To our final, our final act. Now, this is interesting. Put him in a body bag, Ben. This is very interesting. We have seen, we have the first and second seed meeting again, just like last last week. We didn't have that in the first week, did we? No, I don't think no, no. no. <laughs> no. Who knew Rambo was the funniest movie ever? Uh, right. You mean First Blood? Right. <laughs> so we have Miyagi, seed one, represented by Jim. And Ben Kenobi, C2, represented by Jeff. Going head-to-head, this is pretty much another debate between you two. I get to make the call. Uh, And again, we have... uh, Oh, no, sorry. We have Jeff starting this time. So, Jeff, any more Star Wars fodder to throw at uh, Mr. Miyagi? Um, Okay, so Mr. Miyagi's biggest lesson in karate... Not in life, because life doesn't matter. It's the karate kid, not the life kid. Uh, what was it? S plus one, keep going. I, 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 what, what was it? Um, the uh, crane kick, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and if done correctly, no defense. Now, do you really think that put up against someone as adept with the force as Obi-Wan Kenobi, the crane kick would do anything? I mean, don't you? He would just cut his leg off with a lightsaber. If he even made it that far, you could probably just choke him to death or something like that. So Mr. Miyagi lied to Danielson. Lied to him. Right to his face. That's not very fatherly. No, well, I'll tell no, you what not. is fatherly. Not only that, not only that, hang on, <laughs> hang on. He dangled in front of him, I mean, more like a slave than a, than a son. While he was doing all those quote unquote chores, I would I would call it you know unpaid labor, but chores. When he was doing all that, dangled in front of him, I might teach you karate. I might teach you karate. Um, no, you know, and Danielson got his ass kicked all the time. He got his leg broken. What did Miyagi do? He put his hands on it. Come on. <laughs> I do believe Mr. Miyagi gave uh, Daniel a, a car. Car. Yes, gave him a car. His choice of cars even had a lot full of them. It's like pick one out. Whose but, cars were those anyways? You like does Miyagi really have all those cars? Or? Of course, he won them in karate tournaments. <laughs> Everyone was putting up their car in karate tournaments. <laughs> right, but but let right. me tell you about a little bit of the fatherly figure, you know, fatherly moments for Miyagi. 
his uh you know his adoptive son whatever you want to call him his son figure Daniel loved him so much that he went to Okinawa with him to help solve his own problems and fight for Mr. Miyagi's love of his life. They hung out socially, did birthday parties together. As we've mentioned, gave him a car. Um, and there are a few pearls of wisdom that speak to everyone, not just Jedis and karate kids, that we learn from Mr. Miyagi. And those are, don't forget to breathe, and always look I. Congratulations, Jim. You won the All right. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi wins. Congratulations. No, come on. You're the best I, around. If, if we're going <laughs> to yeah, play that. Yeah, yeah stop yeah, right now. Uh, we do have uh, one thing I do want to mention. Master Splinter, I made a funny, is really, uh, that's another great line. Yeah, I that's thought about using about. it, but yeah. it, was, it would have been in vain. Right. So, Mr. Miyagi joins the ranks of the number one seed. Winning the tournament, not to mention just the winners. We've got Rambo and Luke Skywalker and Mr. Miyagi. Congratulations and uh, well done, guys. Well done. Another another good match. Jim is giving up telling you that it's first blood. Yeah, it's <laughs> movie matchup. Up. Um, and thank you again this, for all your guys. This is turning out to be an excellent final four. All your guys' yeah. episode. All your guys' uh, thoughts at gungabit.com. We did. Uh, we did uh, take them into consideration, and we almost considered changing the topic because of all the good posts. But, uh, yeah, great times, good arguments. And, uh, yeah, that moves us to our last, our last feature, the Parker Posey Play Along, which was brought to you by moi last week. Um, my question was, what is your movie routine? What is your, you know, what do you go? When do you go? Where do you sit? And sort of like what your routine is when you get at the theater. And there were actually quite a few responses, which is what I was hoping for. It's a question for everybody, because everybody, like everybody, goes to the movies unless you're just like a Netflix freak, which is cool. Like I, I think you could do that. It's a possibility. Um, but yeah, def- definitely a lot of comments. And the one I wanted to really mention, my my sister had a good one, but uh, Joshua had a great post. He went in length, and he did beat Karen out. Or KPW out probably just because you got the first post and then they're they're married so they they can't say the same thing over and over again but um, liked his post he did the before and after of uh, pretty much how it worked with his with his uh, new baby what he did before and what he did after well sort of in short he did and uh, yeah everybody put a lot of thought into their posts and I'm I'm happy you guys posted uh, again Parker Posey will be bringing it up it'll post it at gungapit.com you can answer there. And uh, we'll try to get it up on Facebook for you guys. I and, uh, think it uh, might have been the Parker Posey play along with the most words per thread, and that's for sure. It was, it was very post. lengthy, very lengthy answers in here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Michelle also did a big a big post on a certain film festival they go they go to, which is sort of cool, which not enough of us do. We got to support the arts, people. Support the arts. Uh, but, yeah, anyhow, that brings us to, I think, Jeff's Parker Posey play along. That's right. Okay, so this is going to be kind of a tough one because I feel like there's a relatively limited field, although if you really think hard about it, you can come up with quite a few. Interesting. Um, Your favorite movie that the entire thing takes place within, or almost all of it, I mean, like without without a flashback or anything like that, takes place within 72 hours. Jesus. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So what's your answer? Okay, so my answer 
um, after a significant amount of thought, is going to be Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, the entire thing takes place basically within the hours – within the work day. So um, what was – sorry, I'm going to interrupt completely. What What was your – Side note about flashbacks. No flashbacks allowed? No, no. Like, I'm just – I'm saying, like, the bulk of the movie has to take place during that period of time. Okay. There can be flashbacks or, you know, there can be um, – I, I don't want to give away – like, I, I'm thinking of a few examples, but I don't want to give them away. Okay. Right. You want to pick. But, like, there can be, like, a, like a, like a couple-minute setup at the beginning of the movie and then that person travels someplace else and that's where okay. the movie takes place or whatever it is. Um so, uh, and if you need to stretch it a little bit, but I'm looking for like a like a short period of time movie, if that makes sense. Um, and I figured 72 hours would be a pretty good cutoff for that. Um, so, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, a fantastic movie, uh, and I like especially for this um, for this particular, I guess, uh, question because it it it. it it is all about that one afternoon. It's about this one great day that he that he puts together, and uh, and you know a great movie. It's one of those that I, I I didn't pop in for quite a while in between like high school and uh, and you know my my quasi adult life, and it really didn't lose a lot of steam. And I thought it might have. It was uh, a really really great movie. A lot of the um, a lot of the little morals and the little uh, the the little themes still stick, and a lot of the jokes are still funny. And Alan Ruck is amazing, uh, fantastic character. Uh, Alan Ruck, of course, plays Cameron, uh, great character, and uh, and plays it very well and very funny. You say seventy two hours plays it funny. If you need to stretch it to three I mean, days of the Condor. <laughs> okay, no. Um, <laughs> my answer is actually don't say forty eight hours because I'll. Oh, <sighs> No, I was going to go with uh, Stand By Me. Mm, I believe I believe that's within the, the, the time limit. But uh, uh, definitely a movie about uh, a group of kids that go out to, to see a dead body. A couple overnighters, but um, really good storytelling. Um, Stephen King book or story, I should say, for those of you who don't know. Um, I really like the characters. There's some very memorable scenes in there, some memorable quotes, and I, I, I liked it a lot. It's a good movie. I'm having a tough time, per usual. Uh, the first thing I thought of was 12 Angry Men, but I don't know if that's within three days. I'm trying to – like there's – the problem is with your three-day limit here is sometimes there's just fades to black and you don't know how much time is supposed Make to Make a logical assumption. Dude. Right, right. I'm not, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put a finite limit on it. I'm saying – you know what I mean? I, I think – yeah. Um, well – I have no idea if it's true, but I'm picking. I'm picking Twelve Angry Men. Then I'm pretty I'm sure. Didn't pick the Goonies. I'm pretty sure Goonies that's the situation. I just thought of another good one. There's actually a lot of answers to this. I think. If yeah, you, there really there, it, there are genres of... that fit in this. You know, like crime movies and stuff like that. So there's Ooh. there's a lot of Dick good Tracy. Movies. Is that what you're trying to say? Is my answer should be Dick? Uh, Tracy. I've never seen that movie, so I can't. Speak You've it. never seen Dick Tracy? No. <laughs> <laughs> How can you possibly be outraged by that? <laughs> oh my god! No, I've never seen a movie about a comic strip. I, you, I've also you, never seen live so action Family Circle. Have, oh god! All right. Have, anyways, I'll, I'll wrap it up because Jim's starting to sound like he's calling in from like Austria or something. But anyways, uh, Twelve Angry Men. I'm sure a lot of like you've seen it. Probably everyone listening to this has seen it. Great movie. And I actually started thinking about it. Uh, when Jeff was half 
done with his question because I thought he was going to say, like, oh, all done in one place, which 12 Angry Men was pretty much, other than the last minute, was all done in the jury room, one room, one setting, and shot beautifully, everybody in it, hilarious, well, not hilarious, but very well done. I was going to say, like, hilariously awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, intense. I have been a juror myself, and I sort of thought, like, oh, okay, I can refer refer to 12 Angry Men as like, all right, that's sort of an idea of what it might be like. And a little off the mark, but very, very near and dear to my heart. And I think it's a cool movie that everybody should watch. And it does give you an idea of pretty much, I don't want to say anything's possible, but if one person, you know, believes in something and <laughs> can convince other people, like, hey, just take a minute and think about what you're doing. Uh, Mr. Maggie is number one. People can be rational, and I, uh, I thought it was a very good movie, and I believe, yeah, it was done in seventy-two hours. But we'll, I guess we'll we'll find out. Good I'll enough, look that up. Good enough. You you you've, you've answered the spirit of the question. Right. Awesome. Uh, right. So very good question. Uh, I guess Jeff, if you could phrase it one more time, and then we'll uh, wrap up. Uh, yeah, just uh, your favorite movie that took place within give or take seventy-two hours. Awesome, and again, uh, it sounds a little little leeway for flashbacks, but we're talking about like that would be like a per very like one percent of the movie would be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, your major plot occurs within seventy-two hours. Right. Awesome. Anyhow, uh, yeah, uh, a very good episode. Uh, we will put the Parker Posey up at the boards, gungabit.com. You will see it there, and uh, yeah, James and Jeff, per usual, thank you for the input. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Drive safe. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, the March Madness Movie Matchup Month. And happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Uh, we'll, have to make, we'll have to make up for it with another Limericks episode. Another Limericks episode sometime. Thank you all for listening. Uh, the Sean Williams Scott, ready or not, we'll be out. See you guys later.